Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. And the mic has gone live. I have been warned. I'm joined by actual people in the room today, and this is very strange, but absolutely wonderful. Welcome back to Message Morning. I hope you guys are doing great. I'm feeling super excited today because I get to start a brand new series. Um, over the next like month or so, I'm going to be unpacking 2 Timothy. And um, yeah, I'm super excited. This is like a letter that genuinely... If I was ever going to receive something or send it out to somebody, I would love it to be Second Timothy. It's just so full of encouragement, so full of truth, and so full of the reality of the gospel and what our response should be in light of it. And this letter is written by Paul um, to his dear friend Timothy, who he really, really loves. This is a relationship that I can so relate to. I've got a mentor called Hannah, who I absolutely adore. Like, I love her so much. She's so encouraging and just spurs me on in my journey with Jesus. And this is exactly what Paul and Timothy's relationship is like. Now, Timothy at the moment is facing a lot of hard times. He's leading up the church in Ephesus and facing a lot of opposition in his leadership. There is false teachers going on who are twisting the doctrine of the truth of the gospel, and he's feeling a little bit overwhelmed, and lots of challenges are arising around him. And what Paul really wants to do in this letter is encourage him. He wants to remind him of what God has called him to. And when Paul writes these words to Timothy, get this, he's actually in prison in Rome facing death himself. He's facing um, the reality of being martyred. And so this gives this letter a lot of depth. When you really kind of like stop there and just think, wow, this guy is reaching out to a friend that he loves when he's actually in a very tough situation. This letter has a lot of depth to it. It is so, so emotional and just absolutely beautiful. See, where Paul is at in his life is he's done what God has called him to do. He's run the good race. He's kept the faith. Even in hardship, he's done everything that God has called him to do, which is to preach the good news of Jesus. And in this moment, he's looking forward to the future of the church and wanting to pass on the baton to young Timothy. And he wants to encourage him to carry on the gospel. He wants to encourage him to guard its truth, to suffer if necessary for its truth, to share the fullness of its truth and to proclaim it always. See, I believe that this letter is a personal call from Paul to Timothy to maintain the gospel and to not be afraid and to not be ashamed. He's calling them to be bold in his faith. And as we read this letter today, just like it was an encouragement to Timothy back then, I genuinely believe that it can be an, an encouragement to every single one of us. So after his customary greeting in the letter, um, Paul kind of dives in to like encourage Timothy straight away. And we're going to read that in a moment, but I just thought it'd be really good for us to just pray. Yeah, God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, God, that it is timeless, that as we are about to start reading these words that Paul wrote to Timothy to uplift him and encourage him, that today we can be impacted and encouraged as we seek to share your gospel with the world around us today. So God, would you speak to us? Would you reveal truth to us today? Would you strengthen us and would you equip us? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
So Paul kind of gives his customary greeting in verse one and then moves on to verse three to just kind of like show the love that he has for Timothy. And he says this, he says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly pray for you. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I'm paraphrasing the the Bible here, awkward. Um, But then he says in verse 4, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. See, Paul kind of like straight away reminds Timothy that he has a sincere faith. In other words, he's saying, buddy, I know that things are really hard for you right now, but get this, I know that you have a sincere faith. This faith is so real. And I wonder, um, I wonder if, if Timothy really looked up to his mother and his grandmother, and Paul is reminding him, and the same thing that you saw in them is the same thing that I see in you. Paul loves Timothy, and he's journeyed with them over the years. You'll often see mentions of Timothy in some of his letters, you know, uh, Sarah's taken us through um, the letter of Philippians. And in there, Paul describes Timothy like this. He says, he's like nobody else that I have. He, ha- he holds him to such high esteem. And Philemon, that Daniel has taken us through, he's, he's like named as a core author of that book. And Paul refers to him as a brother. He loves him so much. And he's writing this letter to inspire him and to strengthen him. Ultimately, he's gearing up to pass this mission onto Timothy. So he reminds him of some things that we're about to read in verse 6 through to 12. So this is what verse 6 through to 12 says. It says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I am appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. I mean, that is just absolutely incredible. Paul is basically saying, I'm suffering and the gospel is worth suffering. And he's reminding Timothy of a few things as he is facing suffering where he is in Ephesus. See, I think that Paul, uh, what he does in verse seven and eight is remind Timothy of this first truth, that when God calls you, he equips you. When God calls you, he equips you. Currently, Timothy is leading the church in Ephesus, as I mentioned, and he's constantly defending the sound truth of the gospel. And by all accounts, he's lacking in confidence. So Paul, knowing Timothy's weaknesses, reminds him of how God has equipped him with all the gifts he needs and the Holy Spirit. He says to Timothy, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame this gift of God. He's encouraging Timothy that he has been entrusted with gifts, but these need to be developed and strengthened. And that's on Timothy. 
See, I believe that God has gifted us for every task that he's called us to. And our response to this is to be faithful with those gifts and to fan them into flame, to bring them to their full potential by boldly using them where God has called us. See, I don't know if like you guys, when it comes to sharing the gospel, you, you kind of like hone in on your weaknesses or you remember like your downfall. Maybe Timothy feels like he's too young compared to the leaders that he's having to actually speak up against um, the false teaching that they're bringing. Maybe he feels too young. We know that Timothy is shy by nature. Maybe he feels tempted to even cave to other weaknesses that he has. But Paul straight away reminds him that God offers us all that we need through his spirit. God's spirit enables us to be full of love, power, and self-discipline. God knows our weaknesses, and he makes his spirit available to us. And this is not airy-fairy as we've made it over the years. It is not airy-fairy that God has given us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. It's not like this thing that's supposed to make us believe that we're going to have a great life. No, Paul makes sure that he tells us this because actually what he's leading on to tell us is that we are not promised an easy life. But we don't need to be afraid because God has given us his spirit. Paul is writing this to Timothy, who's having a hard time, whilst he himself is in prison facing execution. Paul is able to write this because he knows firsthand that God's spirit enables him to overcome any circumstance. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid. God has equipped us with his spirit who enables us to overcome every circumstance. See, at the heart of this letter is a charge to share the gospel with courage, knowing that God has equipped us. Because here's the reality of the situation. Sharing the gospel does not promise us an easy life. Sharing the gospel isn't a promise of an easy life. See, we live in a, in a world that proclaims basically, you do you. You live your truth and you live your best life. And the message of Christ that we carry into the world actually says, no, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is a life. That is an unpopular opinion. And so much of our culture opposes this message. And that is why God equips us with love, power, and self-discipline so we can carry on, so we can persevere and stand firm as we seek to share the truth of his gospel. We are not promised an easy life, but God's spirit who strengthens us. And off the back of that, that's why uh, Paul can then say to Timothy in verse 8, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. In light of this truth, in light of the fact that God equips us, in light of the fact that God has called us and given us every gift and given us his spirit, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. You know, I think we live in the middle of a culture that, that we very much so have given this nickname of a cancel culture. We're living in that. We're living in the reality of that. And it's so, so easy to be ashamed of Christ in all of this culture. Because we want to avoid suffering. We want to avoid rejection. And John Stott actually said that there are three things that we can be tempted to be ashamed of. And that is the name of Christ to whom we're called to witness. The people of Christ to whom we also belong if we belong to him. And now the gospel of Christ which is entrusted to us to spread. And Paul is saying don't do it. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. God has equipped you. God is with you. Paul urges Timothy to not be ashamed. 
And I believe today also we shouldn't be ashamed. And he doesn't just give us that charge and that's it. But if you remember back to Romans 1, 16, what does Paul says? He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It doesn't end there, does it? But he says, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. See, the reason that Paul is saying this, do you understand what he's saying? Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is good news. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed of it because it is good news. Why would I be ashamed of the good news that I get to bring to people who need to hear it? It's good news. And here's the thing, guys. He's like, I'm not ashamed, even if it means I have to suffer. Timothy, where you are right now in Ephesus and where you're going to go as the gospel continues to advance, do not be ashamed, even if you have to suffer. And for us today, are we willing to be bold, even if we have to suffer? Are we willing to be bold even if we have to suffer? Paul is reminding us, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord because it is good news. It is good news. It's good news because God has saved us. In verse 9, Paul says, he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything that we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Do you get that? God has saved us, not because of anything that we've done, but because of his love and his grace. And this saving, this salvation is available to everybody. Everybody. It's almost as if Paul is calling to the depth of Timothy's heart here. He's reminding him of the beauty of the gospel, as if to stir him up on the inside. You know, can I ask you guys today, where would you be if Jesus had not stepped into your life? Where would you be? Some of us dare not even answer that question because we know. We know that we will be lost somewhere. We know that we'll be stuck in this, in this life that is hopeless and empty. We know that if Jesus hadn't stepped in, we would not have the hope that we have today. Where would we be? I love that Paul goes on to add that this salvation plan was actually in motion before the beginning of time. You see, even before we'd actually sinned, God already had a solution for our sin. He'd already done what needed to be done. That is how much he loves us. That is how much he wanted relationship with us. That is good news that God wants to save us, that God has saved us. And this is the beauty of the gospel that Paul urges Timothy to not be ashamed of. It is the power to salvation for all who believe. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. It is good news. Do not be ashamed of the gospel because there is life in Jesus. Paul carries on into verse um, 10 and he's talking about this, this salvation. He says, it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Hold on a minute. This guy is locked up in a dungeon. I was Googling like the setting of what this prison would have looked like and it was dark, it was cold. He was basically by himself. He was lonely. And he's saying that this gospel that I'm about to die for is worth it because it is the display of the power of Christ who's defeated death. 
He's defeated death. Paul is able to say this because he knows the reality of the power of the gospel. He's saying, I'm not afraid. You know, this is the guy who said to live as Christ, to die as gain. He knows that Christ has defeated death. He knows that death has no sting. And for every single one of us today who's put our hope and our trust in Jesus, we need to remember that in Jesus, in him, even though we may have hardship, even though we may have suffering, there is a promise of life in him. There is a promise of life in Jesus, and we can hold on to that. We can remember that, and we do not need to be ashamed of the good news that we get to carry. See, just as Timothy needed to hear this back then, I believe that we need to hear it today. It is a gospel that is worth suffering for. And God has given us his spirit to strengthen and equip us as we go with courage, love, power, and self-discipline. See, as we read these first few chapters of 2 Timothy, we can be sure of this. When God calls us, he equips us with the right gifts fit for the task and his Holy Spirit who enables us and strengthens us to persevere if we face opposition while standing firm for the truth of the gospel. I genuinely believe it. I genuinely believe that every single one of us, we've all been given a gift by God, which is gonna help us to where he's called us. And you know what? I'd actually say in this moment, if you do not know what that gift is that God has given you, maybe like Timothy, you can look to somebody who can encourage you in the way that Paul encourages him. Maybe find yourself a mentor or, or, or like go to your pastors and, and, and actually seek out to be like, God, what gift have you entrusted me with? And out of that place, you need to challenge yourself to be like, how can I be faithful with this gift? Well, we know that we need to fan it into flame. I encourage you guys to use your gift. Be bold and courageous and use your gift. And as Paul said to Timothy, fan it into flame. And this is what Spurgeon says about gifts. He says, stir it up, not merely by consideration and examination, but by actually using it. In other words, the only way that we're actually going to grow in the gifts that God has given us is actually just by using it, by stepping out there and doing it. And it is difficult and it is really hard, but actually God gives us his spirit and he equips us to have love, power and self-discipline to do everything that he's called us to. And the second thing that we can be certainly sure of is this, that the gospel is good news. We should not be ashamed to share it. God has saved us through grace and offered us this incredible free gift of salvation and it's available to everyone. This is a truth that we should stand firm in and find hope in. I wonder what it was like for Timothy to read that in that moment, where he was at right there in Ephesus where he's facing all of this, all of this trouble and hardship. I can only, I can only respond with how I can only respond with how this has encouraged me as I'm reading it. And I can't even imagine what it would have been like for him to read those words. What it would have been like for other firm believers in that time to read those words also. I believe that they would have been filled with encouragement because Paul is reminding them, this is why the gospel is worth it. It is incredible. It is good news. Christ has conquered death and in him we find a promise of life. So what do we need to do? 
Well, I believe that one thing that we need to do is daily remind ourselves of the beauty of the truth of the gospel. I think there's something special about that. I think as I'm reading this, I don't know about you guys, but as I read that, as I read Paul talking about it, as I read the context of where he's at, and he's saying the gospel is this amazing free gift, the gospel has conquered death, and in Christ we have life. I'm stirred up as I remember that, and I want to encourage you guys to stir yourselves up to remember that daily, daily root yourself in the truth of the gospel. Paul actually goes on to advise Timothy to do this in verse 13. He says, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching. What does that mean for us today? Well, not only do we have God's spirit within us to fill us up, but we actually have the the Bible, we have his word to actually go back to and root ourselves in. Hold on to the word of God. Let it remind you why this gospel is so worth it. And I believe that as you do that, that you will find strength and that you will go forward not being afraid, not being ashamed, but being bold, knowing who it is you believe in Christ Jesus, the one who saves. Let us pray. Wow, God, I thank you so much for your gospel. God, I thank you for the truth of what that means for us here today. God, I thank you that you have saved us. I thank you, Jesus, that you have called us to to so many things that are just incredible. You've called us to your purposes through your grace. And I pray today that you would help us remember that you have equipped us, God, that you've equipped us with every gift that we need to fulfill the the task that you've called us to, God. I pray that you would help us to remember that you've equipped us with everything that we need to fulfill the task that you've called us to, God. And I pray that we would also remember that you've given us your spirit, Jesus, that we don't have to look to our weaknesses, that we don't have to cave to them, that we don't have to be lost in them, but we can look to your spirit for boldness, God, for courage, for power, for love, for a sound mind of discipline, God, to go forward in courage, bring in this gospel, which we know is good news. Father, we are sorry. We are so sorry for when we've been ashamed of this gospel. God, we are sorry for when we've not stood firm in this gospel. We're sorry for when we've caved to the culture around us and not been bold in this gospel. God, we we say today that no more, we're gonna be bold. We're gonna be courageous and we're gonna stand firm in this truth. Holy Spirit, would you be with us as we daily remind ourselves of this amazing gospel? Would you stir up inside of us a passion, God, a passion to go again? God, we give you our hearts today. We give you everything today, God. And we just want to say, God, would you use us? And God, we don't say that from just being um, stationary and complacent, but God, we are, we are willing to, to root ourselves today to fan into flame, to fan into flame the gifts that you've given us. And we say, God, would you use us? In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.